The following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this Saturday, January 21st, 2023. It is the beginning of Divisional Weekend. Saturday here, two games on the docket, two more tomorrow. Excited as is the rest of NFL Nation for four quality games coming up. Maybe not so much in the first one, per my opinion. But I think the rest of the weekend could go pretty good. You know, I think last week, you know, you had the stinker to start off Saturday, and then Saturday night was phenomenal with that game. And then, you know, Sunday, we saw Giants pull it out. <laughs> I mean, go figure. Congratulations to my Giants. Against a Minnesota team, which the entire nation hated. Tickets liked them for a long time, but, I mean, there wasn't one single person that was on the back of that horse. Not at all. They hated the Minnesota. Nobody shocked uh, when the Vikings lost there. Uh, I kind of was. Uh, I, I still think that, you know, given a set of 10, you know, I Vikings are probably winning 6, 7 out of those 10. Uh, my own personal opinion, again. But kudos to the Giants uh, as they were able to pull one out and move along. Cowboys Monday night just destroyed Tampa Bay. That one was just not pretty at all. That was, again, very similar to the opinion people had on the Vikings. It was the same as content creator opinions on the Buccaneers. Was that all year long? They were just struggling to get by, pulling some shit out of their ass, and were able to win the shittiest division in all of football, move on, and then host a playoff game somehow, and then go up Monday night against the Cowboys, and it wasn't even close. I mean, it, it just looked terrible. And about and the crazy thing about that one is that Brady really did look terrible. He looked so bad. And just, like, weird shit. Like, I, everybody was talking about the red zone interception. But I, there were other throws that were just so off. He just looked really bad. I don't want to even say that he looked old. It wasn't even looked old. He just looked terrible. You know, it wasn't even an age thing. It was just like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so it was a great wild card weekend for the most part. And now here we are on Saturday beginning up our divisional games as we were set to witness in short time frame here, probably next hour or so, the Chiefs against the Jaguars on NBC. How do you say it? WNBC. Thank you, Pig Bob. That'll never get old. Never get old. Even though, I, you know, NBC isn't WNBC. You know, it's the same. Anyway, um, back to the games at hand. Chiefs. Jaguars on NBC. And first, let's start off by just giving a quick fuck you to ESPN. 
Because once again, two weeks ago when I was going, or no, it was last week when I was going through, or no, two weeks ago? I guess it was the end of the season and I was going through the final games and was talking about the Green Bay Lions game, if you remember. I had mentioned how the game wouldn't mean anything um, if uh, Seattle had won earlier in the day because then they would have gotten in and that would have knocked out Green Bay and Detroit, which was not true which was not true because Green Bay could have gotten in, and I did that by reading the ESPN breakdown of the playoff scenarios on the very right of their standing chart, right? And they had uh, they had Seattle winning every tiebreaker against Detroit and Green Bay, which obviously was wrong. So last week, if you remember in the show, I'm going through the games with my brother, and I say uh, 49ers, Seahawks on Fox, Chargers, Jaguars on NBC, Bills, Dolphins on Fox. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that the AFC is on Fox. I pulled that directly off of ESPN's fucking game thing. And I am just an idiot. I'm old. I'm senile. I'm losing my shit. Party too much in, in college. And I'm just off my game. You know, t- give me 15 years ago when I was still working radio not a not a chance in holy hell hell I would have seen that and been like oh yeah let me just read it I, I was fucking Ron Burgundy oh ESPN says Fox uh, here we go a- AFC game on Fox and I will read it uh, you know I am Ron Burgundy I am Ron Burgundy uh, f- fuck you sir in San Diego I I just read it without even thinking about it it didn't make any sense it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Fox gets the NFC package, and CBS gets the AFC package. I don't know. You you might get the NBC games, like you have the first game tonight. You have the AFC game on NBC. But you will never see the cross-pollination come playoffs. It just doesn't happen. And I read it anyway. And that was the second time that for... It's just... It's just habit. It's just habit to go to ESPN and then... I assume that they got shit right. And nobody calls it out because, I mean, I don't think anybody really watches ESPN all that much anymore. I, I think the media reports on the media. So when you see clips of uh, Stephen A. Smith and you know anything else from ESPN, I, I mean, they're just posted because, like, the news is so used to posting shit like that. But the average everyday person, I don't think they look at that shit at all. What was the most... There was something really recently that I was looking at, and I'm like, nobody even cared about this. Not at all. Uh, was it like the Shannon Sharp... Was it the Shannon Sharp and uh, that old fucking curmudgeon guy when he said shit about the uh, Buffalo Bills, and then everybody was posted the next day, the next two days. Uh, what the hell is the guy's name? Um, you know, yeah, everybody... Skip Bayless. With Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp thing, and then... Uh, Sharp didn't show up the next day, and that was the Darren Hamlin deal. And I was, and they were posting on like the post and everywhere else. And I'm like, I nobody cared. No, nobody cared what this guy does. The only thing that cares about that is like, you know, n- news media, folks in the media, or sports media. Yeah, yeah, anyway, I, I just I got to get out of the habit of looking at ESPN and just assuming that it's not some 22 year old that fresh out of college. It's probably still high because he lives in a legal weed state, uh, posting shit on the internet without any kind of oversight by uh, managers because it seems like the managers is probably 28 and high on legal weed at ESPN. But anyway, um, so uh, that was a mistake on my part. You know, the, the shit on me. 
You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is. Thank you very much, guys. But even more so, last week, you want to really start digging into me? Here we go, buddy. Here we go. Oh, oh, for six. You'll get nothing and I can suck a motherfucker. Game over, man. It's game over. Win takes for nothing. Leroy That guy is a disgrace to the uniform. And boom goes the dynamite. You betcha. 046. So that's why you tune into this podcast to hear nothing but the best of the best handicapping content on the planet. And that's what you get out of me. 046. Oh, but don't worry because his gambling bets were right. So it's not necessarily like he got all of his picks wrong. I lost those two! I lost those two! Thank you, Dooley, in part to my sensational pick of the Buffalo Bills, which backfired right all up in my face. Uh, I did not end up getting my teases, which was beyond frustrating because that's where I had been really honed in. And then thanks to my commitment to the Vikings, I ended up missing out on my parlay uh, because ultimately I had... The San Francisco, I San Francisco, Cincinnati, Buffalo tees kaput. Thanks to the Miami Dolphins and fantastic performance out of the Miami Dolphins. I really wanted to do a show on my brother today because I wanted to throw out a, a question to him: that do you think that modern, uh, well, I I should say old school quarterbacking and the influence the quarterback has on a game is more or less kaput outside of the top talent. Because you just see more and more, number one, lesser QBs coming in the league and having a little bit of success. And I mean, lesser QBs by the old standard and I guess the old evaluation of what the quarterbacks need to do in in a game in order to succeed. Um, you know, as, as opposed, and, and with the exception of the top tier because those top guys are, are just fantastic. But Skylar Thompson, kudos for coming in there. And he played a really good game. It is, I'm hard-pressed to imagine 30 years ago, 20 years ago, Skylar Thompson coming into a 1995 playoff game against the top-tier AFC or NFC talent. You know, 95, let's say, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers, they had a little bit of run in there in the 90s, or, you know, the back end of the Cowboys, and having a Skylar Thompson come in on either team that they're playing and then taking that team all the way to the end of the game. I, I just I, I cannot believe it. I, I mean, I don't think it would happen. I really don't. But anyway, um, that's what ended up shooting my my teaser because that Buffalo didn't cover the tease. And then I just could not get over... that. I couldn't get over my belief that the Giants weren't going to get it down the road. And so I had San Francisco money line, Buffalo money line, and I had Minnesota with the three points. Uh, all I really needed to do was win at home, and that didn't happen at all. Uh, I mean, Minnesota really did not look good. On the other hand, the Giants looked spectacular. So uh, that that's what happened, you know, in regards to my wagering. Uh, my brother also, I don't really, really he had his parlay with San Francisco, uh, Chargers, and the Bucks. So Chargers and Bucks killed him. Uh, I also had Tampa Bay money line, and I, like I said, they just looked so bad, and that was. Basically, uh, the 
opinion that had been said, like I said, all year long was the was the actual true valid evaluation. Valid evaluation? Yeah, there you go. Valid evaluation of the Bucks. It wasn't a team that was trying to put things together. It wasn't a team that into the postseason you could have got Tom Brady into playoff mode, magic man, taking a team that really wasn't that good and transforming them into something they weren't. It was Todd Bowles stinks as a coach. Tom Brady hasn't looked good all year and it looks like he might be fading in age. Their line really never came together. Their defense really never came together. And their wide receivers, more or less, were unspectacular. So you add that all up together, and what did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bring into the postseason? Not a whole lot, uh, you know. So uh, it was uh, one of it was uh, Tampa Bay money line. I thought that they were going to pull it out at home. Uh, I did not think that Dallas was going to be able to come out of the gates like that and perform well. Dallas owned that game from the start. Dak looked like a completely different quarterback from the week before, and so that's how that played out. Uh, And that seemed to be the consensus, uh, both from tickets and from, well, actually, last week... uh, I forgot what the breakdown was with the tickets. Uh, the Cowboys actually own nothing. The tickets were on the Bucks, and the money line was also on the Bucks, or uh, the money pool was also on the Bucks. But if you had listened to, like I, I always term it, you know, content creators or NFL content, I don't know what else to call it at this point because they're not all broadcasters. I mean, there's half of them are podcasters. You got people that write articles, whatever. NFL content. If you listened, listened or read to most of them, they all liked the Cowboys there and hated uh, Tampa Bay in that spot. But anyway, me and my brothers both had Tampa Bay, so my brother also did not do well. I did not do well. Uh, for me, it really was... I, I would have loved uh, Buffalo to come through in that spot. I would have loved if Buffalo didn't. I still had the money line. Minnesota, you know, that was kind of like my other one. was like, alright, if, if something screws up with my parlay, or with my teaser, at least I got the parlay there with Minnesota. If Minnesota could pull it through, that would be huge. Uh, as for the player prop bet that I had, Mitchell was good for the TD. Mitchell got in, touchdown, that was good. They just did not feature him nearly as much as I thought in the run game. It ended up being old Christian McCaffrey. Should have been an over on McCaffrey yardage and a Mitchell touchdown, and that would have been a nice one too. Purdy, uh, which I was saying was going to be my initial props bet, and then the weather and everything influenced me out of it. Out of it, he uh, he ended up did get over the two hundred and twenty six, so that was good. He'll look to continue that today versus uh, the Cowboys defense, much different defense there. Uh, so we'll see if he can get get that done. Uh, but anyway, so that's what happened last week. I was not good at all. Uh, I was actually terrible. My bets didn't come in either. As for my brother, he was much better. He had the Giants, the Ravens, and the 49ers. So he went three for three instead. Elsewhere, there really was no... The money got two wins. Uh, they were split in, in another one. So they were two and two overall. The tickets were two and four uh, Sharps again. I, you know they, they seem to be where it's at this every week, and this week they were three and two, so they came out ahead versus everybody else. Uh, the teasers, you know, again, I just wish I had picked every other one other than the one that I picked. Um, you know, because we had talked about teases, and I had said you know 49ers, uh, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Cowboys. I also like the Ravens, the Giants. You know, all of those came in. The one that didn't was the Bills, which is, uh, you know, I, I just should have stuck with the other ones. But there was a lot of good teaser legs. I think there's a lot of good teaser legs this week, too. 
I think they're like they're all good teaser legs. I like some more than others, but uh, again, hopefully, I don't pick the one that doesn't come in. I go. It makes you just head spin sometimes. Oh, I'm three for three, and now I'm three for four. I mean, what the fuck? Come on. Anyway. So that's how I performed. I, I performed really poorly uh, last weekend. Uh, you know, it, 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 just like me in bed. You know, like you're just staring in your wife's eyes and you're like, man, she's just in space. Not in a good way. She's staring at the ceiling. Why is she looking past my eyes? What is that all about? Uh, she probably listened to my fucking podcast and put some of our money on the fucking bets and she's like, fucking asshole. Anyway. Uh, all right. So let's get going with this week's games. So, like I said, first game is going to be the Saturday 4 o'clock game, which is going to be coming up quite soon. It's going to be on NBC. It's going to feature the Chiefs at home against the Jaguars. Right now, the line has actually moved up a little bit. It was at 9 previously. It's at 9.5 right now. The over-under on this one is at 53. The breakdown is going to see the Sharps on the side of the Chiefs and then everything else on the side of the Jaguars. 59% of the tickets and 61% of the money pool. As for their offense and defense breakdown, you are going to see the Chiefs with the number one offense going against the Jaguars' 26th defense in the NFL. (laughs) So, I mean, if there is one thing, if you're a Jaguars Duval County fan that has you shaken a little bit, it's the fact that your defense defense is going to have to go up against a Chiefs offense that really, to this point, has been humming along. Um, Last week, look, they pulled it off. I was at a dinner, had to watch the game afterward uh, on repeat the next morning because I only got to see the last quarter when they ended up taking the, taking the lead and and the events that led there up to it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how the hell did this happen? And it wasn't until I actually watched the game that all of a sudden you're watching the first half and you're like, Whoa, Jacksonville just got behind because everything went wrong. And once again, the Chargers just didn't come through. I am I am one of the individuals surprised that Staley did not get the boot after that game. Uh, I'm not going to rehash all of the uh, analysis that's already been done on it. it. It's been done. Nobody cares. We're a divisional weekend here. But I, I was... Surprised that the Jaguars came back. I was not surprised after I watched the replay that it did happen. Seeing what happened in uh, you know the first half, um, I still would have thought that the Chargers could have won that game out, but they didn't. I don't know if you're going to have the same kind of success here in Kansas City or the same opportunity in Kansas City. Uh, people have been just blowing Peterson all week because of his play calls and some of the things that he run, ran. Uh, if you watch the, if you watch. The or read The Ringer. Um, I, Solak, I think Ben Solak, he went through this whole thing about like a couple of individual plays and like, yeah, you know, Peterson is a good coach. I, you know, he made a couple of good calls. It, you know, oddly enough, it, it really flamed out really quick in, in you know, in, in not Pittsburgh, in Philadelphia. Uh, so, you know, you never know. I mean, he might just be on a hot streak, right? You know, sometimes coaches are like players. They go on hot streaks, things are going really well, and all of a sudden, you know, it just doesn't work out that well. Uh, you know, unlike Todd Bowles, who's just forever cold. And <laughs> why they hired that fucking guy in Tampa Bay, I still will not know. I'm not a, I'm not a 
Jet fan, but I will I will line up the Jet fans that will be more than happy to laugh in Tampa Bay Buccaneers owners' faces for uh, <laughs> their decision that yeah we'll go with we'll go with Tom Brady and Todd Bowles. What a great combination. Anyway, um, so even with Peterson coaching very well, and you know the Jaguars and Lawrence, you know showing a lot of potential. Probably more so in the future today. I don't know if it's really going to line up that way. We will we will see. But you do have the Chiefs coming off a bye. I don't know if the bye will add to any kind of rustiness. I don't know if Peterson's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. But here at 9.5 points, it is a hefty line. Uh, it, but it didn't shy people away because it went from 9 to 9.5 for a reason. Uh, I don't know if it would get to 10. If it get to 10, you'd probably see everybody pounce the other way. So, but obviously you see some people, you know, Sharps coming in on the side of the Chiefs. And that is where my brother and I are going to come down for this game. We are both going to be on the side of Kansas City. To just be completely honest, I think Kansas City is the best team in the tournament right now. Um, There are, you know, 49, I know people are saying the 49ers. And the 49ers are the the greatest, you know, show on, on earth. Uh, they, the Brock Purdy doesn't matter. You know their defense is just so goddamn good, and their offense is so goddamn good. And uh, look, the 49ers will get to them. Are a good team. I just think that Kansas City, for what you need to win a Super Bowl, has it right now. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. But I think the offense is the best one going. And again, I you know I just think that. It, it hasn't happened always, but their defense seems to come through when needed, right? And I think that it, while it kind of fell apart last year, I don't know if you're going to see the same kind of failure this year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to hold on and see. Uh, but right now, I, I think the Chiefs are my favorite to win the Super Bowl. And right now, they're going up against a Jaguar team that I think has been playing above their head. I think that the Chief, that the Jaguars have some... Ah, uh, how do you say? I, I, they have some severe deficiencies and some fear, severe flaws in their game um, that you know they've been able to overcome. But I don't know if it's going to happen here. And Lawrence, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know that he, he's been playing better than I give him credit for. However, every game that I watch it, I've rewatched actually a lot of Jaguar games because I didn't understand when they started putting together in in the season and. When I watch him play, yes, he does show moments of greatness. Uh, he shows uh, moxie, if you will, all, all those bullshit terminologies that people just throw out. You know, the it factor. Yeah, I see it in him. But what I also see is just some shit throws and some shit decisions and things that don't make me overly confident as a Jaguar fan, especially in Kansas City. For divisional weekend. So for these reasons, I am taking the Chiefs. I won't speak for my brother, but he's also taking the Chiefs. So maybe he has some of the similar thoughts. So let's go to the Saturday night game, which will feature the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. This game will be played on Fox because NFC games get played on Fox. You know, you know what I mean? That, that's how it happens. It doesn't happen any other way. It doesn't happen any other way. Uh, so, Eagles are going to be favored by eight in this game over New York. New York, obviously, on the tear. It's not really impacting the spread here as the Eagles were favored by seven and a half, and that number has also gone up. So, what you've seen on Saturday night is both the favorites go up half a tick there and their spreads. 
Eagles now 7.5, now 8. Over under here is 48.5 points. The Sharps are going to lean in on the Eagles. Reason why? Everybody's on the Giants. So you got 57% of the tickets and 61% of the money pool in on the Giants here. Um, I think that the Eagles do have a question mark in the sense that they have not played as well as they were in the beginning of the season. Definitely not since they that since they took that loss. They do have a quarterback who is a key cog in their engine machine, what you will, and he is banged up. How banged up? Who knows? He wasn't on the injury report, the final injury report, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's not nicked up. I guess we will see going, you know, in the early stage of this game exactly how banged up he is. Because I don't know if they're going to really try to hold him back for a certain amount of time and see if they can get get a lead another way. Uh, you know, I, I think you're going to find out really quick if Hertz is his old self or you know or his new self. As for their defense, their defense obviously was pretty stout. Um, they battled some some problems against the the rush a, a little bit late. Um, some of that was injury related. Some, you know, who knows? I go listen to Die Hard All Twenty Two or All Twenty Two Philadelphia Eagle podcasters if you want to know the whole breakdown. Um, they just were not as strong on either side of the ball. Now I'm talking about defensive side as they were earlier in the year. Now you're going and you're going to host after getting a nice week off the New York Giants, who are the talk of the town. I'm not saying it because they're my team. <laughs> As if those that listened to the program, though, I picked against them continually, continually. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Oh, and it will in a little bit. It will in a little bit because I, I'm, I'm probably going to vote the same way I have voted in the past. Um, but the Giants now come into this game after defeating a Minnesota team that, you know, were they that good? Again, I think they would have beaten the Giants, uh, you know, more times than not. They played the game repeatedly, but they didn't last week. And people have seen that game as, you know, the next coming of Jesus as he walks this earth and he wears a, you know, Danny Dimes jersey or a.k.a. Vanellovic, which is actually a pretty funny name. I, I don't, you know, it's really... You know, fucking, it is crazy to think where Daniel Jones has come, right? Danny Dimes has come from like a, a punching bag, punchline, punching bag, whatever you want. He was the joke of the town, and now he's getting nicknames from Barstool's points or whoever made it originally. I imagine it's Barstool's and there's some shirts from it. Uh, a, a vanilla Vic. I mean, really? <laughs> really? Michael Vic versus Danny Dimes. All right, that's where we're at right now. So, uh, like, the Giants played really well. Uh, Dimes played fantastic. They had all these key players play great. Their defense played good. It was, as many have stated, the best game they could have played in Minnesota. They have to replicate that now on the road in Philadelphia against a much better team. Eight points is hefty. I don't know if that's a fair assessment of the Giants. You got to sit down. You got to think. All right, you know, eight points. That's a lot of points. The Giants have played well. They've gotten this far. The Eagles, on the other hand, have been pretty banged up and haven't, you know, really closed strong. Although two of their final losses came, you know, with Gardner Minshew under center. I mean, please come on. What are we doing here? Um, and and now they got Hurts in that last game, which was more or less, I, I, it was like a dress rehearsal for the Giants. The game two weeks ago was nothing to relate to this game here. But 
you know, the eight points is a little hefty of a line. You are going to see the Eagles' third-ranked offense against the Giants' 29th-ranked defense. All these DVOA, obviously. You're going to see the Eagles' sixth-ranked defense try to keep the Giants' 10th-ranked offense out of the end zone. So, I mean, if you comparatively speaking, it's the Giants' defense that is the one that would have you scratching your head. But Giant fans are confident because... Like we've stated, the Eagles' offense has not really been in their top form in quite some time. So, you know, it gives you a puncher's chance, right? Danny Dimes goes out there, plays fantastic. Saquon plays fantastic. And maybe that 29th-ranked defense, you know, isn't as much of a liability. They've looked good uh, over the weeks past, and that's the hope that you have if you're the Giants fan. As for my brother and I, uh, we're going to differ here. He likes that thought process. He's going to pick the Giants here and the eight points on the road. I am going to go the other way. I am going to go with the Eagles and the eight points. Uh, I, again, I just think it's a tough a tough ask for the Giants to go on the road twice in a row, even though this game is only you know a little bit down the road from them. Although they stayed in a hotel that, according to Jordan Ronan, the, uh, and the Giants beat reporter for ESPN, I don't know if it's ESPN Radio or ESPN, whatever it is, but Jordan Ronan said the hotel they were staying at, all, all the water was out or whatever, the pipe burst and, you know. So there was no water, no showers, all the rest of that shit. So, you know, day, game day gamesmanship, day of game gamesmanship uh, by the city of Philadelphia and uh, whatever hotel that they're staying at. Uh, I, you know, I don't believe in any of that shit. But, you know, LT used to hire hookers and send them over to opposing players' rooms the night before. I think I, I like that a lot more than I like uh, that I think that there would be, influence, be an influence of broken pipes. Anyway, uh, so... There, I'm, I'm just going to go with the Eagles. I just think it's a tough ask, and I think it might be a, a coming down to earth uh, for the Giants here. But then again, if Dimes you know, plays another fantastic game, Dable is a fantastic coach, great coach. Uh, and, you know, probably coach of the year, maybe. Uh, you know, th- there are a couple. I mean, he's going to have to beat out uh, some tough competition to get that. But, you know, I... You, it could go the other way. It could go on the other side of the sideline there to Philadelphia, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles. My brother is going to go to the Giants. And that will then bring us up to tomorrow's games. And the first game is going to be the AFC battle. Uh, Bengals-Bills in Orchard Park. So this is the game that we were all supposed to get a couple weeks ago before the unfortunate events of Darren Hamlin on live TV. Uh, we will get it finally here. This game is not going to be, you know, uh, it's not a conference championship game, so it's not going to be like the mini Super Bowl, which Mike Florio, by the way, there he goes. Uh, Mike Florio, article today saying, it looks like the NFL might be looking to do a neutral site for all of these games going forward. Yeah, well, you know, it's groupthink, buddy. I, I said the same shit on my podcast last week and the week before, and it wasn't original because I'd heard it before myself. You know, and it had been talked about years prior, and he even referenced the fact that uh, uh, I, I think uh, Lamar Hunt uh, was talking about it, you know, years and years past, and that they wanted to go to a neutral site, and uh, it got voted down by the owners every time. But uh, anyway, it, it, you know, as soon as they said that this year, it is the first thing I thought about. I was like, you know, this, this is it. You know, it, it's like the underpant gnomes in South Park, right? You know, step one, collect underpants. Step two, profit, right? Like, how? You know, it's the same thing with the NFL. Step one, play football. Step two, profit. How? I, you make it up, right? So in this case, you just say, uh, uh, the 
Conference Championship is going to be on neutral sites. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? They're going to be on neutral sites. Now, why? Based on what? Oh, because a guy died on the field, and then we couldn't figure out what the, you know, how to do the the records and the home field advantage because we forfeited the game, and so it gives us a built-in justification to uh, do the, the the conference championships on neutral sites. And not that that, you know, I mean, the Darren Hamlin thing, I, you know, was an awful thing, and I'm sure there was confusion, but you mean to tell me that you couldn't figure out who should have gotten the home game? Be, you know, out of the records. I mean, they're like I said a couple weeks ago, there are 8 million tiebreakers that they have established. You couldn't have figured out some kind of hierarchy of those that you could apply to the all of these teams to figure out who would get a home game? I mean, stop. Anyway, uh, I digress. So uh, th- that game that we didn't get on Monday night, we do get today. So, Bills are going to be favored by 5.5 at home. Over-under is going to be 48.5 points. The Sharps are going to be on the Bills. Everybody else is on the Bengals. A lot of tickets on the Bengals. 68% of the tickets are on the Bengals. And the money's basically split a small 2% lean toward the Bengal, uh, toward Cincinnati in this case. So, uh, Bills offense is second in the NFL uh, DVOA. Chiefs were first. Bills are second. They're going to be going up against the 11th-ranked Bengals defense on the other side of the ball, going the other way. It's going to be the Bengals' fourth-ranked offense against the Bills' fourth-ranked defense. So of all of the squads, the Bengals' defense is the one that gets the lowest marks. However, what you're really focusing in on this game is the Bengals' offensive line as it is just like in shambles at this point. I mean, they, they have just suffered so many flipping injuries. It's really tough to think that they're going to be able to go on the road and take on the Bills and really pull this game out. Now, they do have firepower, for sure. Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. I think next to Mahomes, I probably would take Burrow next. I probably would take him over Allen. I know Allen's got all of these other physical attributes, but, I mean, Burrow, to me, is just a really phenomenal quarterback. Uh, There are some things I think he does better than Mahomes. I think there are some things that he doesn't do as well. Uh, But, you know, we're doing fantasy draft time. Not fantasy football, but, you know, I'm I'm the owner of a team, fantasy draft. You know, after Mahomes, I'm probably taking Burrow. But that's just me. So, you know, they do have the talent there. Chase is phenomenal. Higgins is great. So they could keep in this game. I think that this is going to be... The Bills took last week off, and I, I think it was a wake-up call for them as they couldn't shake off Skylar Thompson. And you know, at a certain point, we're losing that game, which is unbelievable to me uh, that the Dolphins were able to pull that off. But I don't think that the Bills are going to be as shaky uh, in this game. The question mark for me for the Bills is definitely the quarterback because Josh Allen... A lot of spots this year, last week, the Minnesota game at home, he has shown that, you know, there's a mistake factor, mistake variable that is within him that can really cause problems uh, if he feeds into it. You know, that, that one Hail Mary, you know, pass, like, it was more or less a punt, like, I, I don't know what you're doing. So it, it's plays like that that make you a little weary if you're a Bills fan. I, I just think that the Bills defense is going to be able to, you know, not run rough shot, but cause enough dis- disturbance in that Cincinnati offensive pass game that the Bengals might have a little bit of, of 
trouble here keeping up for four quarters. They might be able to stick in for a half, maybe three quarters, but at some point, I think that Bill's defense is, is going to cause problems and problems that lead to either turnovers or uh, the inability to come back from, let's say, a 10-point deficit. Uh, in which case, I, I like the Bills here. It's not a touchdown. So I'm going to end up taking Buffalo here in the five and a half points. Like I said, my brother is on the opposite side. He is going to be taking the Bengals. Final game of the weekend. Oh, and, and that game, three o'clock. Not a one o'clock shot because they like to put push these in the prime time. So the AFC game that like we just talked about, Bills-Bengals at three. The NFC uh, contest is going to be 49ers hosting the Cowboys. This game to be played at 6 or 6.30. I think it's 6.30. Uh, 49ers home, favored by 4. Over-under is 46 points. Sharps are on the side of the Cowboys. Tickets are 4% lean toward the 49ers. And then the money, 77% on the Cowboys here. Really? I mean, that one was a shock to me. A shock to me because, you know... The 49ers, I thought, would be getting a lot of love. They're the team that all the Sharps love. They, Everybody that I hear just talks about nothing other than this team is so stacked. They've made all these moves. They've got McCaffrey. They've got, you know, they got Williams on the line. I, they're just loaded with talent. they got Mitchell coming back. Purdy hasn't been horrific. He didn't have a great game last week, but he hasn't been per- terrific. I, I mean, horrific. I didn't think you'd see 77%, and this is you know Saturday afternoon, you would see 77% of the money pool in on Dallas. But that is the reality of the situation. 49ers offense is 6th ranked DVOA. Cowboys defense is 2nd. So obviously, Cowboys have a, you know, a more statistically stout uh, advantage in uh, when those two sides meet. Flip it around. The Cowboys are on offense. Their offense is 15. 49ers, it is... One, baby. So that is the side of the ball that people love. And it has been their defense. It has been, you know, they struggled a little bit last. Well, it wasn't really their defense that struggled last week when Seattle ended up taking that lead. But, uh, you know, they ultimately came through and then their offense picked it up. You know, so it's the offensive side of the ball that is more questionable for San Francisco. I'm not saying anything that nobody knows already. You know, say something, you know, Ingenious here, buddy. I don't. I don't have anything. I. You know, what do you want me to say? You know, everything's been covered. I'm just saying what I think, and that is that I think the 49ers uh, defense really is good. The the big question mark in this game, when you think about it, is what are you going to get out of the Cowboys? Because you've seen this Jekyll and Hyde Dak Prescott that flips from one week to the other. When they play good, they're phenomenal. Their defense has been good. Uh, their defense has shown some, you know, some chinks in the armor. You know, can I say that? I, it, wasn't there a big, huge fallout for saying that? Um, so let's say something else. Uh, you know, th- they have shown some weaknesses uh, in the defense, especially in the secondary. And here, I you know, I don't know. Like, can Purdy take, Brock Purdy take advantage of that? Can, you know, is, 
Micah Parsons going to cause all kinds of problems with the rhythm of the San Francisco offense, in which case, you know, maybe Purdy makes a, a stupid mistake. You know, they, they got Tavon Diggs, you know, he gets burnt, and then he gets an interception more so last year than this year, obviously, but you know what I'm trying to say. So, you know, here, I think the question is, do you get Dak Prescott, a good form of Dak Dak Prescott that results in an offense that can survive against the San Francisco defense. Flip it around, you know, is Brock Purdy Brock Purdy going to be the player you saw in weeks prior, or are you going to see this nervous Nelly, you know, mistake-prone quarterback that kind of reared his head last week, right? In which case, you know, you get one side or the other, and that probably, you know, is the game right there. So much like all of NFL, it does come back to quarterback play. Rewind all the way to the beginning of the podcast where I started talking about, you know, the quarterbacking of the past versus the present, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is, you know, this is where it's at right here. I I think whichever quarterback plays shitty in this game, I think that team is going to be up shit's creek. Now, if you get both versions, both positive versions of the quarterbacks, I think it's definitely in favor of the 49ers, right? I mean, that that is, again, nothing fucking remarkable in that statement whatsoever. I'm not, you know, moving mountains and nothing earth-shattering in that assessment. So, 49ers here, favored by four. The question is, is four too much? Um, I do not think so. I am on the 49ers at four points. My brother also is at the 49ers at four points. So the two of us both like San Francisco. Uh, again, I just I don't trust the Cowboys. And even if the Cowboys come in and they play well, uh, maybe not as great as their top form, but let's say 65 70% of their top form offense, I think the problem is that the San Francisco defense is enough to keep it at bay, and then it comes down to what are you going to get out of Brock Purdy? And I don't know. I, 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 I don't have a ton of faith in him, but I have enough that I'll take the four points at home uh, against the Cowboys, um, and that's where I'm going to hang my hat this week. So there we go with the picks. Again, uh, my brother and I are both on the Chiefs. We're split. I'm on Eagles. He's on Giants for the second game on Saturday. Sunday, I am on the Bills. He is on the Bengals, and then we are both on the 49ers. So that is the rundown there of the four games lined up for Divisional Weekend. And here we go, baby. This is what it's all about. It's all about cash Let's get into our picks. So here we go. Uh, what are we going to do for our wagering? I will kick it off because mine are a lot easier to follow than my brother's. Uh, my bankroll uh, for those of those scoring at home, those of you that don't turning in for the first time, welcome. This is what it's about right here. Uh, we both gave ourselves uh, fictitious bankrolls of $10,000 uh, at the beginning of the year to spend however we saw fit. Uh, I actually was down, I think I was around 7000 something, made a little bit of a comeback, got all the way back up to 12000 Last week, uh, ended up going into the first week of the postseason with $10,500, uh, and then I ended up losing all of my bets. That brought me down to 9400 on the year. So I'm down about 600 bucks. and again, screw Buffalo and screw 
through Minnesota because it would have been a nice turnout if one of those two games just went differently, right? Uh, so I'm at 9,400. So this is what I'm going to do this week. Uh, I am going to go back to the teasers. Uh, that is where I have performed best all year. Uh, what I am going to do is I'm going to take Kansas City and Philadelphia, my two teams that I, I liked today, uh, and I'm going to tease them down. I admit the spreads are high. I picked both Kansas City and Philadelphia, but for sure, nine and a half and eight are heavy spreads. So they could easily go past those, I think, if the games play out a certain way. But if there is some fight in this Jaguar and Giants team, it is quite possible that they'll be able to chew into, especially backdoor into an eight and a nine and a half point spread. So I'm going to take Kansas City and Philadelphia, and I'm going to bring them down. Kansas City to three and a half, Philadelphia down to two. That leaves me with either those two games to go with or another leg to throw in there. I'm going to take Buffalo because, as I said, I think that they are going to be able to overcome a banged-up Cincinnati Bengal offensive line to throw enough you know, haymakers into Burrow that they can cover that spread. I'm going to take that spread and then just bring it down anyway. So I'm just going to bring it down so Buffalo just has to win. I don't have to worry about the points. So Buffalo plus you know a half a point. I'm going to put 1400 on that three-team tease to bring in 3640 So it would be a profit of 2200 bucks. So that would put me back up almost to the 12000 that I was at week 18 before I hit my two-week slide here. Um, and I, I, I like that. The other option that that gives me is that at Buffalo, at plus you know, a half a point, I could literally, if I hit both of my legs of my tees this week, and this is something I did not talk about two weeks ago, which is what I actually did with my actual bets, uh, and I was talking about the Washington Redskins game. Redskins were playing the Dallas Cowboys. I was big on the Cowboys, but it was in a tease, and it brought the tease down to basically a pick'em. So I had the ability to hedge should I want should I choose to by taking the Washington money line. And that's what I ultimately did in my private account. I did not even think about it or mention it in the program, so I didn't say anything about it here. I took the L. I'm going to mention it here because obviously I would consider then taking Cincinnati money line if I was to hit on two of these three, depending on on you know how I could make the money work and you know what kind of profit I could end up taking and and be happy with. Um, then again, if it just gets to the point that I'm like, you know what, I really like Buffalo, I just ride it out. So again, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, fourteen hundred to make thirty six forty profit of twenty two hundred bucks, and then I actually am going to also do a prop bet. I'm going to take Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns, so Mahomes for three TDs, Allen for over one and a half touchdowns, so Allen two touchdowns, and then Daniel Dimes under 42 and a half rushing yards. 42 and a half rushing yards is a pretty high number. I know that these rushing quarterbacks have been able to pick it up. Before Philadelphia battled adversity, if you will, they were a pretty stout run defense. If they happen to have that kind of performance, early season performance tomorrow, I highly doubt seeing Daniel Dimes running around for over 43 yards. I could be wrong. 
I could be wrong. Look, the thing about Dimes is that he looks downfield. He's got basically like one, maybe two reads in his brain that he can handle. And if he can't get those, then he just takes the fuck off. Right. So which leads to, you know, a lot of these high rushing totals that he gets. You know, I mean, talk to any Giant fan and they'll all tell you that. Tell anybody that's watching a Giant game in the past couple of years. Yeah, he makes a couple of reads and if he doesn't like it, he just runs. That's it. You know, you get A, B, or C. That's what you get with Daniel Dimes. You're not going to see any kind of uh, technician, uh, a, a tactical quarterback such as a Aaron Rodgers or a uh, you know a Pat Mahomes. You're just not getting it. You're more along, uh, I guess, Vanilla Vic, right? That's what we were talking about. Vanilla fucking Vic. So uh, Dimes under his rushing total of 42.5. Allen, two touchdowns. Mahomes, three touchdowns. I'm going to put 100 on that three player prop parlay for a total of 585 so 100 to win 485 is what that one is so those are my two bets for the week that brings up my brother and so strapping uh because once again he's just got a lot of action so i don't even know how to lay this out all right i will do the player Let's do the single-game parlays first. He's got a couple single-game parlays, and then he's got a alt-spread parlay, and then he's got player props uh, you know, from around, the, uh, from around all four games. So Kansas City-Jacksonville, first game up. Pacheco, TD score, anytime. Kirk, anytime, TD score. Chiefs, plus 6.5, so, or minus 6.5, right? The Chiefs to cover 6.5 points. And a Josh Allen sack. He is going to take those four, and he is going to parlay those. So, again, Pacheco, Kirk, anytime touchdowns, Chiefs six and a half uh, on the line, and Josh Allen with a sack. The next game is going to be the night game. This is going to be Philadelphia versus the Giants. He is going to take Kayvon Thibodeau to uh, to get one sack. That's going to be leg one. He's going to take Devontae Smith over 79.5 yards, leg two. And then for legs three and four, he is going to do anytime touchdown scores in Saquon Barkley and Dallas Goddard. So again, Thibodeau with a sack, Smith over 79.5 yards, Barkley and Goddard with touchdowns. Next one will be tomorrow's, uh, Sunday's first game it's going to be Josh Allen over 49.5 yards rushing, Chase over 69.5 yards receiving, and then two anytime touchdowns, Dawson Knox and T. Higgins for the touchdowns. So Allen over rushing yardage, Chase over receiving yardage, Knox, Higgins with the touchdowns. The next game, the night game, is going to see my brother like San Francisco with an alt line of minus 2.5. So San Francisco just needs a field goal to win that one. That adjusts that four points that they have currently. He is going to take uh, Pollard over his 49.5 yards rushing mark and then Kittle and Lamb as anytime touchdown guys. So San Francisco, 2.5, Pollard over rushing, Kittle, Lamb, touchdowns. That's his four-leg same-game parlay. Now let's go into the alt-line parlay that he put out there. He is going to take Kansas City 6.5, so Kansas City not to win by the current total of 9.5. He's going to take a field goal off that. Kansas City 6.5. He's going to take the Giants and 8.5. He's going to take Cincinnati minus, minus 
Two and a half. So does he like Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, he does. He actually likes them enough that he is going to do an alt-line parlay with them favored by a field goal, right? So if you think that Cincinnati is going to win two and a half, they just got to win by a field goal, obviously. Oh, pardon me. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Something's going on in my stomach. Um, Cincinnati, all, they could win by one and two, but a field goal at the end of the game would get it done. So, uh, And then San Francisco by six and a half. So he really likes San Francisco, more so than the four line, he likes that by six and a half. He likes Cincinnati, you know, so much so that he says that they could win. And then Kansas City brings it down a little bit, and the Giants, he, you know, knocked it up uh, a half a uh, whatever half a point. So you got four teams there for that parlay, and then that leaves one other parlay, uh, or two other ones. This is going to be a player parlay across all the games. Uh, Pacheco. Over 52 and a half yards rushing. Danny Dimes under 213 yards passing. Higgins over 62 and a half yards receiving. And Pollard over 69 and a half yards rushing and receiving. So again, Pacheco over his rushing total, total 52 and a half. Dimes under his passing total, 213 and a half. Higgins over his receiving yardage, 62 and a half. And Pollard over his rushing and receiving yardage at 69 and a half points. So that is his one offensive player parlay. And then he also did a defensive player parlay. And these are the teams. So or these are the players. Bolton over the nine and a half uh, not sex. That would be a lot of sex. I mean, a fucking legendary game. Uh, Bolton over nine and a half tackles. Uh, Edwards over nine and a half tackles. Edmonds under seven and a half tackles. And Hufunga over four and a half total tackles. So there you go. That's where we're at for the divisional rounds. Uh, hopefully there's a lot of value in that. Uh, otherwise, hopefully just killed off about an hour. Uh, you know, I don't know, just uh, listening to me, you know, babble about shit. So uh, my brother could not attend. My, my dad is actually down in Florida this week. So he, uh, he's actually home with my dad, his wife who is sick and pregnant at the same time, and then CJ, his uh, youngest son, who is just a ball of energy. And so it was just too difficult for him to join here, so he passed along, and so I do the the show solo. In which case, you'd think that I'd be able to do it a little bit faster than our usual hour, hour and a half time slot. And in weeks past, you know, I, I think I've done a good job at kind of tightening it up and, and keeping it shorter when, you know, you don't have somebody else to talk to. But here it is. I love the sound of my voice so much that, I, you know, 52 minutes later and I'm still babbling. I mean, go effing figure, right? You know, whatever. Uh, so, away we go. Divisional weekend. Hope you guys all enjoy. I hope you do really good in your bets. I hope something here came through, comes through. Uh, you know, it didn't came through last week. That's for shit sure. But hopefully it does here. Get, get back on the winning side of the ball. Uh, insert sport analogy here. And that's all she wrote. For my brother and me and, uh, you know, I don't know, all the rest of the listeners uh, enjoy. Crash, crash landing. Peace out. <laughs>